Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, coming to you from the recliner. Yep, once again, feet up, trying to rest a little bit. Boy, I ain't got a whole lot of energy left in me right now. I guess uh, they took some of that out of me, apparently. And I'm also discovering muscles I didn't even know I had. They're beginning to wake up, and it's been a little bit of a challenge, but all the appointments went well. I'm doing fine, doing well with recovery. Doctor was well pleased. Uh, just a slow go, I guess, for a little while to kind of rebuild and get rid of the soreness in my back and the muscles that are all cut and affected by all that mess. And anyway, thank you for the prayers. We appreciate that. Thank you for your support. I um, we have been doing the best we can to abide by the rules. Uh, Rhonda rides herd on me pretty quick and keeps me keeps me in trouble quite often because I do too much, but. Uh, we fussing around trying to make our Christmas goodies and get ready for the holiday season and uh, kind of cut back on our plans this year a little bit, obviously, because of me doing this mess. But um, anyway, it's going to be a good time, going to be a good Christmas. Uh, with that in mind, I, I have a message that I, I just kind of boiled up. It's something that stirs in me, I think, quite frequently, and I thought I toss out tidbits of this type of message often. But I, I, I titled this one today, I Want More. I mean, has anybody ever thought of that? I want more. Do you ever find yourself saying that? I, I want more. I want more of whatever it is. And I, oftentimes we're talking about financial things or we're talking about uh, happiness or we're talking about joy or whatever. But have you ever considered wanting more of God's presence in your life? Uh, God, I'm not satisfied. I want more. Elijah and Elisha together provide some of the most powerful imagery in the Bible. I'm a big fan of Elijah and Elisha. Uh, I, I love studying out their, their time, uh, their, their ministry time. There were some powerful things that took place in, in Elijah's ministry as a prophet. Um, and then it continued on as Elijah was taken up into heaven and Elisha uh, was, was placed, took his mantle of ministry and he began his own journey as a prophet. But Elisha was tapped by Elijah at God's direction to be his successor. As prophet, so he became his servant. Elijah became uh, Elijah's servant. He became his apprentice. Uh, you could call him a student. Whatever you want to, however baggage you want to look at, it, it was his preparation by God to become the prophet's replacement. Now Elisha was a spiritual pest, <laughs> if you want to see it that way. At least three times on the day of Elijah's departure. The younger prophet rebuffed requests to let the older uh, prophet depart in solitude. In other words, he was constantly asking him or bugging him. Uh, Elijah was about to be taken by the Lord through no one seemed sure exactly what that would look like. And he told his protege, you stay behind. But Elisha insisted on following his master through Bethel. He followed him through Jericho, and he followed him through the Jordan river actually and you can look at this in second kings chapter two gives this whole departure time frame where elijah is is following along and elijah, elijah tells elisha no you stay here i've got to go on and elijah won't have nothing of it he's like nope nope i'm going with you he would not be absent while god was going to do something amazing god honors that kind of persistence as pesky as it may seem at times in fact he strongly urges in Isaiah 62, 7, give the Lord no rest. 
he urged the praying watchmen on on the uh, of Jerusalem to give the Lord no rest. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Jesus commanded this of his disciples. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven and eight. It says, "Ask and keep on asking; it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find." Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. Jesus told parables of a noisy neighbor asking for bread in the middle of the night in Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 8. It said, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine who is on a journey has come to visit me, and I have nothing to serve him. Now, you can imagine, you know, your neighbor knocking on your door at midnight. Hey, dude, you got a loaf of bread I can borrow at midnight? I don't imagine you're going to be real friendly about that, or at least for the most part. Well, look at what happens here. He asks him to lend him some bread, and the neighbor says, do not bother me. The door's already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I, this is Jesus talking here. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, just because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. In other words, the neighbor didn't give up. He's like, dude, I know you've got bread. I, I watched you build it this afternoon. I want to stay here and knock on this door until you get up and give me some so that I can uh, treat my friend who's traveling through here. You know, and, and so the, you read the story, he does. How about a widow relentlessly pestering a judge for justice? Luke 18, verse 1 through 8 says, Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that all the times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart, saying this, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. There was a desperate widow in that city, and she kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. For a time he would not. But later he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will, she'll be an intolerable annoyance, and she'll wear me out. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend or avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? That's a parable that Jesus was talking about. He's using these parables and he's describing them as pictures of, of how to pray. It's, he's trying to teach his disciples, you've got to stay in it. You've got you to keep in it. You, don't give up. You've got to get hold of the horns of the altar until you see the answer, until you see the movement that you're looking for. Don't just toss prayer out the window in hopes that it will be taken care of. Be persistent. Be pesky. But continually seek the Lord. Don't give up and stop asking. He responded to the blind man with who wouldn't quit yelling at him. Remember this? Luke chapter 18, verse 35 through 43. As he was approaching Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, 
It happened that a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. Now, when he heard a crowd going by, he began to ask uh, what this was all about. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So some, somewhere in here, he's heard of who Jesus of Nazareth must be. Because he begins to do this. He, so he shouted out, saying, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Those who were leading the way were sternly telling him to keep quiet. But he screamed all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped, and he ordered that the blind man be led to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, regain your sight. Your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight, and he began following Jesus, glorifying and praising and honoring God and all the people when they saw it, praised God. Now there's another one, a woman who kept asking for a favor, even after he had spoken discouraging words to her. This is Matthew chapter 15, verse 22 through 28. It says, And a Canaanite woman from that district came out and began to cry out urgently, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, Messiah. My daughter is cruelly possessed by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. And his disciples came and asked him repeatedly, send her away, because she keeps shouting out after us. And he answered, I was commissioned by God and sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's referring to the, the Jews and the house of Israel. But, the, but she came and began to kneel down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he replied, it is not good, appropriate, or fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the, to the pet dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the pet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their young master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, your faith, your personal trust, and your confidence in my power is great. It will be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed that very moment. So all of these are a recognition of who Jesus is. We should know that. We, we know who Jesus is. That, that shouldn't even be a question in our heart. So, so then comes the matter of we know who Jesus is. We know him. We know what he's capable of. So do we just toss menial requests in the air to him? Or, or do we get hold of the horns of the altar and we persist and we continue to cry out until we see the answers? Apparently, God welcomes persistence. If you are content with a casual relationship with God and pester him for something more, you'll be honored in his kingdom. Never arrive at a place of saying, okay, that's enough. That's all I need. Man, I, I cautioned my, I took a group of youth leaders to the World Revival Church in Kansas City, Missouri. That's Pastor Steve and Kathy Gray. They were part of the big revival movement that came out of Pensacola, Florida, and landed in, in, in their little church in Smithton, Missouri, in the middle of a cornfield. And our church here in Oklahoma got involved with them, and the fire of God fell, and the Spirit of God began to move here in Stillwater. And we held revival services. They were holding revival services. Brownsville was holding revival services all over the place. Well, they moved their church to Kansas City, and it's World Revival Church. Steve and Kathy Gary, they're still there, still preaching, still pursuing the heart of God. Well, I carried a group of youth leaders from Farmington, New Mexico, to Kansas City, Missouri. That that's not an easy task. Uh, some some big shout out to some friends of ours, uh, the Bells that that live up in uh, Kansas City. 
uh, man, <laughs> such they, they they opened up their house to us. Let me and my youth leaders show up there. We went to uh, uh, IHOP, which is International House of Prayer. We spent a little time there. Went to a service there at um, the World Revival Church. And I told my young people, don't be satisfied with just a little. Get as, get prayed for as many times as possible tonight. Do, do whatever is necessary to stay in the midst of this presence. There's never You'll never get enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never have all that you need of him on this earth. We'll only arrive at that when he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. That's when we will have all we need. We need to pursue higher levels, deeper depths, more of his presence. You're promised that those who seek will find, and those who seek persistently will find more. Listen, Elijah's words to Elijah are my words to the Lord. I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. You're everything that I have to have in this life. You're everything I need in this life. You're you're our peace. You're our hope. I'll never leave you. I'll always want more and will always keep asking. Father, you told me to go deeper. There's more. Lord, that we all recognize this urging through your spirit and persist in our crying out for more of you and your presence. What we have is simply not enough. I don't want it to be enough. I want more. God, I want to feel your presence more. I want to feel your power more. I want to do more for your kingdom. I want to see your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. I want to see that happen. And God, it can't happen if I sit in, in on the sideline and just throw menial things out just so it's enough for the moment. God, I want more. I'm desperate for more. And I pray that everyone hearing this message today says the same. God, I want to go deeper. I want more of you. Lord, give me more of you. Pour out your spirit on this earth. Holy Spirit, we give you the room. Holy Spirit, we yield the floor to you. We give you the opportunity to work in our lives. Open our hearts, God, and pour into us whatever it is that you would have us to have during this time on this earth. God, that we would be used by you to, to, to lead the lost to Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That's what you've given us. That's what you've commissioned us to do, to lead people to Jesus Christ. Fulfill the Great Commission. That we go out into this world, we preach the gospel, we tell the truth, we tell the story of Jesus Christ, and we lead people to Jesus. The ultimate goal. God, I know there's more. I want more. I want to feel your presence and your power like never before. God, we want to go deeper tonight. In Jesus' name. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I pray this message finds you right where you want to be, that, that you find yourself desperate for more, crying out to God. I'll never leave you. I, I want more. I want a double portion. Just like Elisha said to Elijah, I want a double portion. I want a double portion of what you have. God, I want a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And, and even Elijah said, you don't know what you ask. There's a lot that comes with the anointing. There's a lot of, of, of weight that comes with living the way God wants us to live. There's a lot of sacrifice in the way that God has called us to live today. It's time that we give him what he's asking of us. It's time we give him our all and go deeper in Jesus' name. Amen. Ron and I love you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers through our time uh, as we go through this. Even through this holiday season, we could we covet your prayers. That uh, man, this is these are tough days. There's all kinds of things going on, 
we're not able to do a whole lot, mainly because of me. Uh, traveling is a little iffy. So, so continue to pray with us. Um, obviously, work is nil for me right now, and it will be for a while. If you can support our ministry financially, man, we, I know God will bless you for it. We'll love you for it. I know God will take care of us. He always has. He always will. He continues to do so. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me anymore when that check in the mailbox shows up. I just thank the Lord, and, and I thank whoever sent it, and I ask God to bless them deeper, deeper than they've ever, ever been blessed before. So, again, walk with us on this journey. We're so grateful for each of you as we seek out that which is lost so that they may be found. Amen. God bless you, Ron, and I love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.